0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to... What episode is it? I don't even know, but another episode of the Around the League podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jake. And, uh, yeah, new year, but same us. We have a lot coming up for you guys uh, throughout this year, obviously. But getting into today, you know, we'll be talking about trade seasons upon us now and all the trade rumors coming up. NBA All-Star voting, first. uh, the first release of who's the starters as of right now and how many votes everyone has gotten so far we're going to talk about. But first, we want to start off with um, some somber news. And if you haven't heard by now, former Commissioner David Stern passed away last week at the age of 77 um, due to a brain hemorrhage, which he suffered in the middle of December and and really just didn't didn't recover from that. Um, Someone, David Stern, just if you don't know who he is and if you don't know, then I don't know, you know, you must've just started watching basketball, but basically the, uh, the NBA's commissioner from 1984 to 2014, a 30 year span. It's the longest anyone has ever been commissioner of the NBA. Uh, and really just, I don't think the game would be what it is if it wasn't for, uh, commissioner Stern and everything he did. He, he grew, he expanded the league from 23 teams to 30 teams um, grew the game global, globally, and and just there's a reason that the NBA has a market all over the world now, and and the game is global. He, he when he did retire in 2014, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and he did so much stuff. So basically, that's where we're going to start. And Jake, what do you what do you have on David and and just what he's done for the league? Well, I think you hit it right on the point on sort of the idea that
1: he brought to the table and that was to globalize the game uh, expanded to over 200 countries throughout his tenure as commissioner uh, and arguably one of the greatest commissioners in all of sports. He's been uh, greatly renowned as as one of the greatest to to run it uh, in sports and uh, he took over in 1984. And just to go back to the globalization of, of the NBA and sort of what he was able to do. Guys like uh, you mentioned, one of the first international players that really got known, Dirk Nowitzki, if he had never uh, sort of spread the, the game to all these other countries and the love for the game, guys like Dirk would have never gotten a chance. And now the game is so globalized with big stars like Giannis and, and Luca and, and Christophs and all these other players that, that get a chance to play the game that that we all love as fans as well. So just the, the chances that David Stern was able to give these international players is great. He also added seven new teams uh, throughout his tenure and um, even was huge in the making of the WNBA, which gave uh, girls a chance to showcase their skills and yeah. and, and, uh, we talk about women uh, not getting enough ten- attention. David Stern was able to give this attention and um, add to a uh, add to the idea of of making a a women's basketball league, which is um, really cool uh, opportunity yeah. for these young women
0: and. and- uh, and some yeah. and something else, and, and it, it takes you – it puts everything in perspective. When David Stern first came in the league, with the years leading up, and this is hard to believe for a lot of people, the NBA Finals were on tape delay. The NBA Finals would be played in the afternoon, and they wouldn't be shown on TV until at night. So no one would really know, unless you went to the game, what happened. And, and obviously in this day and age with Twitter and social media, even if you record the, the game on TV and you're out somewhere, it's hard to even – you know, with all your notifications. I mean, you would really need to be good at, at blocking everything out to not know what's going on in the game. And that's just how far he brought the game. Um, we mentioned globally and just expanding to territory territories like, you know, where we're from, Miami, where he was very hesitant to put a team and an NBA team. And you look at Charlotte, you look at Orlando, you look at a lot of these teams that, you know, weren't, you know, big market names per se – But he took a chance, and I think it's worked out pretty well. Um, But I think the biggest thing for me, like I just mentioned, was the NBA Finals weren't even live. People wouldn't watch that live. It was all recorded, and it would be played later. And this is a time where Magic was in the league, when Bird was in the league, uh, right before Jordan came in the league. And I think that's another thing that he took such advantage of is, is marketing those big stars in Magic Bird, jordan um you mentioned international and and guys that get, got a chance you look at hakeem the dream elijah one, you know a guy born in nigeria um obviously came over played college ball here and uh and got and got the opportunity and he was another star you know at this time and he just really branded them and, and really just that's how he got the nba to be as big as it is and and take advantage of hey you know you have these athletes that everyone is want to look up to and and I think it's just something that there there had I don't remember any other commissioner and really any other sport doing what he's done. Um, you know, he, he was, he was booed, you know, at the drafts and stuff, but that's every commissioner. And I think it was just something that was ended up becoming not a tradition, but just people did. But you, you talk to a lot of players and, and I watch inside the NBA on TNT with uh, Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, Kenny, the jet Smith. And, and all of them, and really any player has always said you know anytime you even go to his office you know it, it's a you don't want to go to his office because he'll he's very, he he's a very strict person and and just he liked to run things certain way and obviously the way he ran things it worked because you look at the way the NBA is run today and it's just it's like we mentioned a global game and just such a a pot it's arguably, besides soccer, maybe the most popular sport in the world, and, and it keeps growing and growing. And you look at now the NBA is expanding to a league in Africa, and, and just uh, you look at the market in China, and you look at all over the world, and, and, you, and we keep going back to globally because that's what he did. He wanted to expand this globally, and he just didn't want this to be a local market thing, which is just incredible to think about.
1: For sure. Uh, just David Stern's impact was just incredible. Uh, he was able to help implement the league's salary cap and drug testing policy for players. And that's what he was. He was a players uh, commissioner. He was very, to uh, he was, he was very uh, for the players. And uh, you look at obviously with the growth of technology over the years, that's sort of just something that wasn't under his control because obviously social media has taken a jump in itself, um, from back then, but social media, uh, just, the the, as you mentioned the, the, even, even with guys like bird, as you mentioned in Jordan, he was able to make these guys household names and now more than ever with social media, uh, everyone wants, uh, uh, a LeBron jersey. Everyone wants a, a KD jersey. Or everyone wants a Curry jersey. So, so he's made these guys household names even going back to the 90s and the 80s. So uh, just being able to do that and really uh, along with other things. And even after he retired as commissioner, he was still helping with Adam Silver and, and getting him adjusted and um not only that, going overseas still and still helping out in little ways. Um yeah, I mean, like he, he could. He, so he, he never he, really he, retired personally. Not
0: only not only in the NBA, but he was just a great businessman. Um and you look at, at today's game and you mentioned the salary cap and the money that's in today's game. I mean, players are making thirty five, thirty-six, thirty-seven million dollars a year. When he came into the league, I don't have an exact number, but I know it was a couple hundred thousand, you know the biggest contract probably was maybe a million to to three million dollars um a guesstimate of, and that that's like a star was getting that and and you look how far it it came today and and getting t v deals and and getting spo- sponsorships from all these companies um it's just i think it it all stems from what david stern hit his vision was when he took over the league and just Um, when he took over the league, the NBA was something that it wasn't a, it was popular, but at the same time, like I said, it was on tape delay. The NBA finals, the biggest stage for the NBA was not even live for fans to watch. And he just grew this market so big that now it's, it's, you know, you, I keep seeing quotes from, from different people who've been in the league for a while and it's just, he's the, the number one reason that all of this happened. And, you know, another thing that we didn't mention, dress code, you know, now it's kind of became more relaxed. But back in the early 2000s, you know, players would come to games and very baggy clothes and just not looking professional in terms of in in his eyes. And he made it so every player would have to wear a suit and tie coming into the arena and stuff like that. And obviously, it got a little more relaxed over the years. But even today, you see players coming in dressed nicely, not, you know, looking like people coming straight off the street, you know, looking like they're coming into work. and, And it's just, everything that he did made it so, um, made a big impact on every, I think on every player and, and just, he took time even to know reporters that covered the game daily and writers. And, and he just was very personable in, in the way he did things. Um, but he, he liked to do things his way. You know, it, it wasn't, you know, you're going to kind of give him negotiate with him. You know, he liked to negotiate with other people, but in the end, most of the time he got his way in what he wanted to do. Um, the league only went through two lockouts during his time, and really only one of them, you know, lasted well into the season in 2011. Towards the end of his tenure, it went all the way, and the season didn't start until Christmas. But, you know, he kept a very balanced thing in between the players and owners, and, and something that basketball is always, you know, and I think it's a credit to him that the players and owners don't butt heads like you see in the NFL or in other sports where they don't get along In basketball, you don't see that as much. And and the players and owners, not necessarily on the same page, but they're closer than than other sports. Right. I also want to add, too, I think that
1: David Stern did a good job of making the All-Star Weekend, making all these things that fans look forward to, You even look forward to opening night or the first day of free agency, things like that, just making these things... It's become an all-year-round sport. Right. Making these things, uh, even the off-season uh, things that, that, that will go down, uh, everyone anticipates these things, and, and we have David Stern to think of it. Uh, it's just uh, obviously sad that he passed, but the impact that he made uh, was for the game of basketball, and uh, he's been able to uh share uh this you know this game with with as much people and and maximize just how far this
0: game can go in terms of globalizing it i think it's great yeah um so with that we'll get into some better news now as uh we'll transition into nba all-star voting um the first uh ballot just or not ballot you know how, how many votes each player has gotten just came out uh this past week, uh, right now, the East, if if they were to close voting uh, with this past one, it would be Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Trey Young, and Kyrie Irving starting for the East. And for the West, it would be LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, and James Harden. Obviously, they still do have another month or so before voting closes. Uh, Luka really leads all uh, voting throughout the whole league. And just very interesting, you know, you have guys like uh, Taco Fall, you know, and now keep in mind with me saying all this, the fans only do have 50% of the vote, then the players and coaches take up the other 50%. So someone, you know, let's say Taco Fall surges up and and becomes, you know, a starter in these these, uh, rankings or whatever, and these votings, he most likely won't actually get the start or even make the team because the players and coaches do actually vote and they're not voting like the fans just to see fan favorites. They're actually looking at, you know, who's having a good season. So with that, my question to you is who do you see starting and and who's someone that that's really underrated right now that could possibly sneak in and make the All-Star team or even get in that starting five? Well, let me just
1: say this, looking at the front, the front court and the guards for the Western conference, I think that those are more realistic, the five that you mentioned uh, than the Eastern Conference uh, for me for me, I think that well let's talk about some snubs first. I think one of the big snubs is Rudy Gobert who we've talked about uh, times over the, over the years uh, fans have brought up how uh, just how snubbed he's been in the all star game a two time defensive player of the year a double double machine a guy that can uh gets get you know a, a block a blocking machine quite honestly he'll he'll stuff whatever comes um in his path in his path exactly so he's been a big snub uh but along there's there's other guys you can make case for but that's that's a huge one and I'm surprised he's not on the list yet again. Um but as far as guys on this list maybe sneaking in uh, as pertaining to your question uh, a, a big name for me is Demonis Sabonis. Uh he's averaged let's see, he's averaged um 17.8
0: no, points this year along Now field. now when you now, now let me ask you this question, sorry to cut you off. It's do you see Sabonis just making the team as a reserve or do you actually see him should he possibly be starting in that starting lineup, you know? If you were to be realistic with who's actually starting, well, maybe not, maybe not a starter because I think Giannis,
1: uh, Embiid, and and Siakam, Siakam's up to, up for debate uh, between him and a guy like Jimmy Butler. I think uh, again, that's some bias in it, but
0: again, he's no, Well, I, I don't, I don't think that's biased because you even look. Uh, a lot of media, I think, says that that I think Jimmy's having a season that. Most people didn't think he would, and and he's just contributing. And you see the Heat's record and everything he's doing. No matter if he's scoring ten points a game, or if he's scoring, you know, thirty, it's he's contributing at an all-star level. So, I, I there there's no real bias there. But I understand what you're saying. Right. I mean, it is interesting because, uh,
1: you talk about a debate, and I've I've seen this on, um, uh, on. Uh, Reports and not reports, but debates and uh, Mm -hmm. social media and all that. But there's a real there's a there's sort of a debate between whether fans look at or NBA looks at a looks at stats, maybe over uh, team success, because you look at Trey Young being the number one guy for the guard and his team is bottom of the of the East. So mm-hmm. there's there's debate there. Um again you can go back and forth as to whether uh it's more and obviously
0: it's probably more of a stat thing when it comes to Well, I, I think I think you mentioned this and I think it's a little of both. As someone like Trey Young, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, I mean if if you're that impactful of a player, I don't think bottom you know, your team worse than the league. But at the same time, I think listen, he's averaging basically 29 points a game, eight assists, and, and he's getting for a, a guy his size almost five rebounds. So I think if anyone, you know, you look at teams that aren't doing well, I think he deserves, uh, you know, I, I think he even deserves a starting spot like he like he's in right now. I have really no problem with him being in because uh, just how good he's playing and stuff, I think. Obviously, right now you have Kyrie would be the start uh, another starting guard. He's obviously, and and we'll we'll kind of get into him a little bit, or we can do that right now, actually. With, you know, uh, he's been out since mid-November with a shoulder injury, and and really no one knows when he's going to come back. He he doesn't really want a su- surgery. He doesn't want to do, uh, you know, shots to get his shoulder better. He you know he just wants to kind of do it naturally, and it's just taking a little while. And he might be out for the rest of the season. Who knows? And that whole Brooklyn Nets team, who's really been more disappointing than people thought. So then you have, you know, next in line would be Kemba Walker, but you know, it'll be interesting to see who, who gets that. You have Derek Rose there. I think that's more of a fan favorite, even though he's had a decent season, uh, Zach Levine, he's had a a pretty decent season. Uh, Another guy, you know, team success and how much that will play into part. Well, I think he start, no, but could he, could he potentially get in as reserve? Maybe, um, you have Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown, Kyle Lowry, Bradley Beal, who's had a phenomenal season, but another guy not on a great team, but he has great stats. So, you know, you really need to look at it and see, you know, are, is his stats contributed to his team not being as well, or, or are they kind of empty stats or do they mean something? And and you have Spencer Dinwiddie who's rounding out. And um, you mentioned Sabonis. Sabonis is 10th in, in the front court in the East. Uh, you have a guy like Bam Adebayo, who knows, you know, will he get in as a starter? No. Do I think he, he really deserves an all-star spot? Yes. With the the impact he's been playing with Andre Drummond, who's just, uh, he, he It feels like every night he, he's getting 20 and 20 and, and just everything he's doing. So it's just interesting. But to me, you know, you got, you look at Taco Fall. Yeah. Taco Fall is a, a fan favorite, but he's played three games, 10. Yeah. Three games, maybe 10 minutes. I mean, so that's where the fan voting kind of gets a little ridiculous to me. And, and I'm glad that it's not a hundred percent fan voting. Uh, Alex Caruso, he's, he's, listen, people are, you know, him and they're comparing him with Taco Fall and putting him, listen, Alex Caruso actually plays meaningful minutes. Is he an all-star? No, you know, he's a, he's a good role player on that Lakers team. Uh, Dwight Howard, another guy, he's not even averaging 10 points this season. Um, he's having a great season from what he's done in the past, you know, in the past couple of years, but. Not. And then Steph Curry, uh, he's fourth in the West and he's not, even, he's played a couple game, games, you know, two, three games this season. So it'll, it'll get weeded out. Uh, I think with the player and coaches vote votes that will come in and it'll be interesting to see who, who gets, who gets in. It will be,
1: uh, again, like you said, it is early. These are the first fan, um, return uh, votes that we're getting right now. Um, What's crazy to me is it's not crazy because the guy's obviously been on a tear in his second year as Luka Doncic with the leading vote getter beating out LeBron and Giannis. Giannis and him were fairly close, only separated by, what, 600 votes? Um, About, yeah. to me, all in all, the the meme needs to stop. The memes have to stop. Uh, It's kind of ridiculous that, a guy like Taco Fall playing minimal minutes, uh, actually in the G League for the Celtics, uh, who goes uh kind of a two way that goes back and forth is Taco Fall. Uh but mm-hmm. but the fact that he's over a guy like Bam and Abayo is ridiculous to me. Same thing with Alex Crusoe, with all due respect,
0: great role player. Uh but the Lakers. Yeah, I mean he the Lakers... ever, uh, over He's over a guy like Devin, Devin Booker, Booker and John Morant, and yeah, I mean, again, those two players are not on great teams, but they're putting up phenomenal years, you know, in the NBA. Right. So. Yeah. So,
1: again, the mimi needs to stop. Uh, the I'm very confused over what the fans want. Do they want a real All Star game? Do they want a fan favorite game, or do they want maybe a throwback game, which isn't a bad idea, where you have guys like. Dwight Howard, Mello, D. Rose, who played in all in the All Star game um, in the early 2010s, uh, but it's very confusing as to what the fans want. And I want to ask you a question, Ryan. Do you think uh, because I think it's a it's a valid question to me? Uh, do you think that the fan vote should get reduced percentage wise um, when
0: considering um, um, the who gets well, in? Well, I'll give you basically two different answers and and I'll preface it by saying this. Remember that all-star weekend is, is really for the fans. If you were to ask most of these players, you know, a guy like LeBron, a guy like um, uh, Kawhi or Anthony Davis, or even, you know, James Harden, uh, um, more of the older players, they would rather have that weekend off. Um, It's middle of the season or more, more than halfway through the season. You know, guys like, you know, who I just mentioned, LeBron, Kawhi, uh, even Giannis, uh, Joel Embiid, they're all getting ready for stretch runs of the season where they're going to compete, you know, going into the playoffs and competing for playoff spots. So they would rather, you know, go to the Bahamas or or be with their families and and lay on the beach for that weekend. So I think you need to keep the fans interested. Um, It's you you look at that whole weekend and, and even just dating back to about a decade ago, I think it was so much more interesting and, and the whole weekend you had, you know, the dunk contest and, and now you don't really get the stars going out in the dunk contest. It just came out today. Dwight Howard will be in it, which should be interesting. I mean, an older Dwight, but a real throwback. And I think that'll get people's attention and excited. Derek Jones, Jr. Who, who's he flies. I mean, just, he was in it a couple years ago before he became who he is today. Um, you have Zach Levine who might be in it. Uh, I don't think Zion will be in it as everyone wanted just because he's just coming back from injury and stuff, but you know, John Morant might be in it. So I think just the whole all-star weekend in itself, you need to keep the fans engaged. And if you decrease the fan voting, you won't get as many people voting and just uh, things like that. But then you look at it the other way. and, And this is my second answer. It's maybe you do need to, because you know, a guy like we just mentioned, Taco Fall, or even in years past, where you had Zaza Pachulia. You know, when he was on the Warriors a couple of years ago in a starting spot. You know, he ended up not getting the starting spot, but it's just ridiculous to think, you know, some of these people that are are getting in are, are getting voted by the fans, who are not really having All Star seasons. Um, your point of a throwback game, basically, with D Rose and all. The you know, D Rose, you know, has a more compelling of a of a point to get in just because he's he's having a decent season and stuff but is it an all-star season no um so there, it's just so many things to take into consideration i think them. i, I believe a couple years ago they put in the player and coaching vote and, and really raised that percentage of you know their input and though they, they will put the truth and that it's just like last year Dwayne wade you know even though i'm a huge Dwayne wade fan him getting the the starting nod for the East, you know, all, for the fans, that's what it was. But and ended up with the players and coaches, he didn't even get in, and they had to go on an honorary spot him with Dirk. So it's just, I think it's a good balance right now for right now the East, and uh, you know, we'll see. You know, I think, uh, and then I'll, I'll get, I'll ask you a question back. It's do they need to be not just, you know. Should they make adjustments, you know, may, maybe make it kind of like street ball, or or have more defense because really the games go up to 160, 170 points and really no one's even playing defense and it's not that interesting.
1: Well, I think uh, these recent all-star games have, have been more competitive and more fun uh, due to we've seen the draft uh, as in last year with LeBron and Giannis drafting. And uh we see a lot more uh even teams, uh even mm. competitive teams that uh, that it, it was sort of a uh a, a battle to the finish and, and they uh wanted to compete. They wanted to again you have to obviously you have to ask for that defensive intensity as you mentioned uh from the players. Uh, and you have to in order for, for them to come oh. out and uh, play like Wanna that play. exactly so mm-hmm. uh, that sort of uh, wraps up uh, what I had to say on that question but getting back to the fan voting uh, from my perspective I do think they should decrease uh, the amount of percentage in terms of uh, the fan vote just because uh, look other all-star events the fans don't have voting vote it they don't have a vote in the dunk contest, which I'm sure people would want to have vote in the dunk contest now. I'm sure they won't want to have vote in and again more dunk contests than anything because a lot of guys uh and again you're not you're not guaranteed to get lebron to to come in because he's gotten called before and and uh obviously he doesn't uh want to do it um I'm assuming but Three point contest sort of uh, no brainers who gets picked and and we've seen Curry do it, Thompson do it, uh, and all these sharpshooters uh, but I think those should have more um, if we're gonna give the fans to to vote the all star game I think they should also have a, a say in these other events that all star game and again you do have a point I think that you have to have fan voting in order to to gain traction and and uh, some popularity and obviously basketball is a a popular sport, but in terms of the all-star weekend, you want to make it as entertaining and popular as as you can. So you need that fan voting uh, in order to, to get, to get the fans what they want to see. But again, the fan voting has just become sort of a joke, I think. And we're leaving guys that are super underrated and super overlooked out of the picture. And I I don't, it doesn't do them a justice either because a lot of, players want to play in all-star games and they don't have the chance to because fan voting accounts for 50%. And I think it should
0: be reduced in order to give those guys a chance. I think, um, obviously, you look you look at other sports like the NFL and stuff, and, and that's really a joke, the Pro Bowl and everything. But I, I think that fan voting in all sports, you know, listen, you need it like we just mentioned. You need to keep it – it's to engage the fans and stuff and, and, and engage – Dating back to what we talked about with David Stern and just you know, the market for the MBA and everything, and I think what they've done, obviously, you mentioned the, the draft, and it's kind of just like I mentioned street ball, like a street, you know, like when you're at the park with your friends, you know, you're picking teams and you're and you're picking, you want your best five versus their best five, and and it's just, I think it's become better, um, you know, it's getting better. I think, listen all out defense is not going to happen because it doesn't even happen in, in right during the regular season. You know, you see teams not playing defense every possession. So, but I think just a little more of a competitiveness and, and not just once, you know, cause even dating back a couple years ago, even come fourth quarter time, you know, guys started to get serious and stuff. And even now guys still get serious come fourth quarter, but they still don't get as serious as, as I think I would like them to, or as a lot of fans would like them to. And, and, you want a competitive game. You just don't want guys cherry picking and, and running up and down the court throwing alley-oops, even though that's entertaining. You want to see somewhat, you know, basketball and, and why they're so good at what they do. So I think that it, that kind of where I think I stand and I think I get where you stand. And But now I want to uh, transition into trade rumors and, and guys who could potentially be all-stars like Andre Drummond um, – Obviously, December fifteenth now, about a month ago, or even uh, yeah, about about a couple weeks now. Uh, that's when every uh, player could be traded if you got signed this past off season, traded or whatever. Everyone could be trade. Uh, is eligible to be moved now? And I think this season more than any other, the trade market's really going to be active just because you have so many teams who feel like they're contenders and stuff. So, with that, who do you see that? could possibly be moved and, and where could they be moved?
1: Uh well just adding on to that a lot of teams want to trade too because they're they're thinking that their star player might be um uh, exercising his player option and wanting to go elsewhere uh or um putting off his trade option and wanting to go elsewhere in free agency so they're trying to move them for assets um but I think a big guy to note, and this has just been uh, in the recent uh, days before um, we're recording this, but Andre Drummond is a huge name uh, in the midst of uh, trade rumors. Uh, Another uh, counterpart that he has on his team, Blake Griffin, has also been uh, in numerous trade rumors as well. Uh, But let's face the facts, the Pistons aren't um, where they want to be uh they haven't been for seasons. Uh, the most successful I can think of when they were before beating out the Lakers um in a in a in a in a Lakers dynasty that was ending with Shaq and Kobe and uh with Chauncey and all of them. But that's besides the point. Uh now they're twelve and twenty three uh bottom half of uh, pretty much along with some of the worst teams uh, in the Eastern Conference and in the NBA, so the Pistons yeah, are interesting because, no, I just want to say the Pistons are interesting because you have a lot of veterans on that team. You also have a lot of young guys. They drafted uh, Sekou uh, uh, D... Uh, I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, yeah, he's from... Uh, exactly, he's from France. Uh, internationally, they have Bruce Brown, a former uh, Miami Hurricane. They have Thawne maker um, uh ski uh, or excuse me S- svi uh Mikhailu, uh who we got from the lakers and then um they also have uh jordan boone who's uh or jo- jordan bones who's doing uh who's a two-way player for them who's actually doing pretty well in, in the g league right now so uh they have a lot of young guys but they also have veterans like um Drummond now who's uh in his 7th year or eighth year, and then uh, guys like Derrick Rose, um, Blake Griffin, who's in his ninth year. So a lot of guys, Markeith Moore, so a lot of guys that are that are veterans but also um, young players, so you, you, you question where they're going, but according to their owner, they want to stay young, and I think that's where um, you'll see the Pistons making a lot of moves to try and get younger guys.
0: Um, but well, go ahead with what you're I- saying. I think that you know, we first and and there's other guys that we'll get into, but you mentioned Andre Drummond and the Pistons, and I think teams are in a very uh, weird situation because you have teams that feel that they can contend and and feel that you know they're one piece away or that um, they wanna that they wanna get that one more piece and they feel that they could definitely be contenders and and come June they could be playing for a title. But also you have a lot of teams have the cap space, but they don't want to, you know, you have a guy like Andre Drummond, you know, he's probably going to opt out this year, but he's going to want another con a big contract come this summer. And you don't want to give that to him because come 2021, you're not going to have that space to go out and sign a big name for agent. So there's a lot of teams that are in limbo as to do they just want to add, you know, kind of a, a role player. And you mentioned Markeith Morris, um, who who might be on the trade block? Uh, Blake Griffin, he it looks like he's going to be out for the rest of the season on knee surgery, so I don't see him getting moved now. Um, someone who was very popular in trade rumors coming up until now. Uh, then you have shifting over to Kyle Kuzma and someone on the Lakers. You know, recently you saw on social media him and LeBron. Not I guess Kyle Kuzma's trainer kind of calling out LeBron with some of the things he does, and and I think when you do that and you know, it's LeBron, LeBron. I wouldn't be surprised if he's traded. I don't think the Lakers are, are desperately saying, take it, take him off our hands, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved and um, where, I don't know. uh, You also have Kevin Love, you know, another guy who the Cavs, and and we've talked about the Cavs before and the issues they're having just in their locker room. And and you saw it visibly on the court um, a couple nights ago where Kevin Love just, he he got pissed off got the ball basically just chucked it at one of his teammates and and walked off the court because he was so upset with everything and and it, there was a report that he he verbally you know just went on an uh, a tangent to his GM Kobe Altman and everything so you know but you have a guy like Kevin Love he's making a lot of money and and it's going into that 2021 free agent class so a lot of teams are, are going to be hesitant to to trade for him because then that takes it out takes them out of of the running then so it's just a lot of teams, they don't know wh- – th- they know what they want, but they don't know when to pull the trigger and, and if they want to wait, if they want to go, you know, what they want to do. Right, yeah. Uh, I want to touch up
1: on – I'll touch up on Kuzma real quick. Um, as you mentioned, uh, Kuzma, he was actually uh, sort of saved from that deal with the New Orleans Pelicans. He's really the only – uh, key piece the Lakers kept obviously besides LeBron uh in that deal um as far as the ones that were getting rumored to go to New Orleans uh he was one of the only ones that were kept in that massive deal but he's really had trouble with sort of adapting to again he's been uh plagued with a little bit of injury but once again he's been he's been Definitely struggling with that six-man role. Uh, his numbers have dropped to 12.1 points, and he's shooting a career low 42.5% from from the field. So uh, he's had trouble with that six-man role, but also with um, with being the third co-star for the Lakers, um, which the the Lakers had hoped for him to be. Um, he's been super inconsistent. Uh, one night he'll give you 20-plus, another night he can go uh, without scoring a bucket. So uh, trade rumors have, have definitely heated up. Um, they've talked about the Kings being a potential suitor. Uh, and the Kings are an interesting team because they're obviously young, uh, but a main guy that uh, that the Lakers are intrigued in. Is Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, who is actually uh, perfect uh, for pretty much any team, but definitely on the Lakers because he can space the floor, uh, knock down a three, which the Lakers are um, definitely struggling in that in that category right now. Uh, but he's definitely a, a big a big time def- uh, not a big time defender, but a, a solid defender and uh, key for their spacing D guy. Yeah, and let's and let's not forget that. That Kuzma is on a very very cheap deal. He's a, he's only he's like a two uh, two million dollar player. Um, yeah, he's still on his rookie deal. Um, exactly. So he's super cheap. Also- uh, but if they can make that deal work um, again, the Kings are very uh, very. They're not really uh, looking to deal Bogdanovich right now uh, because they like him. Uh, but the Lakers are going to have to give something else up if they want to. Uh, Gek Bogdanovich because Kuzma is really cheap but a lot of a lot of teams want uh, Kuzma and what team wouldn't I mean he's making two two million dollars a year and he's
0: um, he's obviously in his rookie really deal so he's
1: a really contributing player yeah too.
0: and and someone else that has really heated up and I think most people wouldn't have thought this coming in uh, to the season is Al Horford Al Horford just this past offseason signed a, a deal with the 76ers the 76ers as we speak, they're playing versus the Oklahoma city thunder, but coming into tonight, they've lost four straight. They're three and seven in their last 10 s really, really struggling. And I think the Al Horford experiment has really not worked and it's kind of gone quick, you know, but I wouldn't be surprised if he got moved and it's another guy who who's making a lot of money, but what is, you know, does a team want to take on his money and stuff? And you have guys, you know, the Spurs, the Spurs are kind of, you know, they're, they're competing for that a seed in the West, Will LaMarcus Aldridge get moved? Will will DeMar DeRozan get moved? I think there's a lot of pieces that are out there, and I think the only trade I I could see happening right now is is that uh, Kevin Love to the Blazers, and I think Hassan Whiteside would be going back to Cleveland, and and you would have a kind of, you know, the money matches up there, and the Blazers are already uh, so tied up with money, and and CJ McCollum and and uh, Lillard that I don't think they mind taking on another contract Besides that the thing is do they you know doing that they're kind of putting all their marbles you know on the table going all in and they're still you know they' not in the playoff picture in the west they're a tenth seed right now fifteen and twenty two they're a half a game out of the eight seed so I think it's just this will be more one of the more active uh trade trade seasons but also I wouldn't be surprised if the big names don't get moved and you kind of have role players you know another guy who will get brought up and people are forgetting are, is Andre Kodala. You know, he's still in the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies do not want to buy him out. Uh, Iggy is not playing right now. He's not even with the team. He hasn't been with the team all season, but, you know, it's been really between the Lakers and Clippers and who's going to pull the trigger first. And, you know, come, come February when the trade deadline is, you know, I expect him to get moved. And and I think me personally, I, I see more of, you know, the role players getting moved and, and a team like the Heat, or a team like, you know, even the Mavericks made me pulling, you know, a deal and trying to get a good, you know, wing player. Um, you have the Sixers and I wouldn't be surprised if they shake things up and, and try to, you know, rebuild on the run here in the middle of the season. Uh, kind of like what the Cavs did a couple of years ago, but not to that extent. You know, I, I think that they're going to try to, to really just, you know, pick up some more depth and, and guys, that can shoot the ball. And I think they really lost that with JJ Redick, um, this past off season. So, you know, there, there's a lot of teams that, that need, you know, kind of that one more bench piece or even one more star, but it'll be interesting to see what teams do. For sure. I think that
1: what you tend to see a lot around the trade deadline as we approach it in February, I think is a lot of borderline teams that are, that are ready to compete, but not, uh, necessarily there they're in the the middle of the pack like a team like um, this like a team the Raptors the Heat uh, etc teams like that that aren't necessarily a Bucks or not necessarily a a Lakers uh, or a, a Clippers uh, even though the Clippers um, are obviously obviously they had load management and uh, some guys sitting out uh, but again aren't aren't they're, they are looked at as one of those top teams though but but getting back to my point just sort of those teams that are in the middle uh making a move in in early february to acquire pieces that will uh help them uh get over that hump and and get to uh really really competing for a championship uh some examples from last year uh Marcus Saul was a big pickup for the the Toronto Raptors uh helped them in uh in some sort of ways uh coming off the bench winning that cha- winning that championship. Right. So uh, a lot, a lot of people want to put on quiet, but, but Marcus saw had a, a big impact on that team as well. Um, and then a huge uh, February last year for the Sixers acquiring, acqu- acquiring Tobias Harris, uh, Jimmy Butler uh, or Jimmy Butler was before that, but Tobias Harris. Um, so really teams that are trying to get over that hump into uh, contention um, sort of just teams that are really close to um, really, really contending for that uh, for that chip this year. Uh, you're going to see a lot of teams doing that. I think another player we failed to bring up and I'm surprised you didn't bring it up was drew holiday. Uh, drew holiday is actually a player that's been in the mist and, uh, or a, a miss in the midst of trade rumors. And uh, he's, he's a guy who's, uh fairly overlooked uh and what he can bring to the table a guy that can these teams that want to that want to start uh contending um can just add to their team or or an already championship contender like the bucks uh who have looked at a guy like Drew Holiday to add to their team uh seeing that maybe a guy like Chris Middleton um who's hasn't had the best of years this year uh bringing a guy like Drew Holiday could Uh, and we talk about a guy like Eric Bledsoe, too, who hasn't really performed um, to the extent that you would think he would. uh, But giving Giannis another counterpart in in Drew Holiday and perhaps moving uh, some of those guys that I mentioned along with uh, some of the other key pieces they have in order to acquire Drew Holiday, I think that's a guy that we should look at in terms of uh, a guy that can add to – and not, we're not even talking about a role player. This guy is a solidified uh, borderline all star. Or some years he, he could he should have made it. So he's definitely a piece. Uh, he's been rumored to go to Miami, uh, another team that's that's up at the top of contention uh, that surprised people this year. So we should look out for a potential uh, Drew Holiday swap and a guy that uh, obviously isn't getting overshadowed because of Zion uh, obviously being out this season. Uh, the the focus was if he was going to play that, that maybe Drew Holiday wouldn't get enough attention um, because of Zion. But again, uh, he's still not getting enough attention because uh, his team is as bad as, as it gets this year. But once again, another guy that, that we fail to bring up that could easily be on the uh, trade market come this February.
0: Yeah, and I think, um, you know, there's a lot of guys and, and that are kind of their teams are on the bubble, of making the playoffs, maybe not. And, and even guys like, you know, Al Horford, who who's in playoff contention, but just not working out. So it, it should be interesting, uh, obviously something that we'll continue to talk about getting closer and closer. You know, it, it it seems far away, but at the same time, it's only about a month away, the trade deadline. And it's something that like like you mentioned, uh a Marcus saw from last year, guys like that who who really made a difference come playoff time and and that can help you, you know, that extra that extra leap to win a championship. But uh other than that, I think uh Yeah well, that's it. I think uh we we've covered Make everything. Sure to we wanted to and, uh, follow our Instagram any words? Any um, we're slowly any last trying words. to
1: develop that. Um and get some guests for you guys. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks we're working on that. We're in We're in the uh, developmental process of of doing that right now. Um, Make sure to follow our Instagram at underscore around the league underscore uh, and subscribe to our podcast, new episodes um, every Saturday. Um, I know this is coming out a little bit late, but uh, we will most likely be double uploading this week um, to give you guys two episodes this week. So once again, uh, subscribe to us on Apple podcast, Spotify and on the anchor app which I don't see too many people using the anchor app, but uh, definitely uh, hit us up on the other two for sure. But um, that'll do it.
0: Yep. Okay, guys. Well, uh, like he said, subscribe, like, leave reviews. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're – uh, another thing, you know, if, if you guys ever want to reach out to us, reach out through our Instagram uh, – we do want to listen and and hear your guys' opinions on on what you guys have to think about all these topics we talk about. So, uh, yeah. So with that, other than that, we'll see you guys uh, in a few days. Like he said, we're going to be dropping another episode on our normal time.